Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in the book of Genesis chapter 7, verses 7 to 24. The title of this sermon is, The Lord Shut Him In. Here is the first half of this two-part study. The last time we were in Genesis chapter 7, we were talking about the global flood. And we, we talked about how God, even up to that point, had given seven more days of mercy. Like anybody could have came up and, 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 and went into the ark, but they didn't. And so when we look at these first 11 chapters of Genesis, it's very easy for uh, people to want to come against these first 11 chapters. Is, is You look at the credibility of the scriptures of Genesis. And what they'll do is they'll try to disprove the flood or they'll try to disprove creation. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll spend a lot of time on, on whether Adam and Eve was real or not. And, and when we look at the Bible, we take it literally. And one of the things I love about this, this chapter is, is Jesus confirms it. And then Peter confirms it. And, and so... We're going to see, I think, that, that what people don't understand is, yes, there will not be another flood on the earth. But yes, there is a judgment coming. There is a judgment coming. And so, um, let's look at, at 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, just so we can get an idea of, of, of what's happening here. It says, this is now the second letter that I'm writing to you. Beloved, in both of them, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that the scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and that the earth was formed out of water, and through the water by the word of God, and that by the means of the world that it existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word of the heavens and of the earth, they now exist or stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So we know that there is another judgment coming. 
And he talks about the, the, the global flood. The global flood in chapter, in, in verse 6, as he talks about the deluge with water and perished. And it's important for us to understand as we're diving into this, because right now, if you look at, at that God judged the world once, he's going to judge it again. But it's going to be a different judgment. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses uh, 8. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But he says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but all that should come to repent, reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with the roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the, and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought, to, ought you be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hasting the coming day of God, because of, uh, of which the heavens will be set on fire, and dissolved in the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. According to his promise, we are waiting for the new heavens and the new earth which righteousness dwells. So we know that when we look at this in Genesis chapter 7, Peter writes about the second judgment. The second judgment will be fire. The earth will be destroyed. So it will not be water, but it will be fire. And 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 if you look at what was going on in the time of Noah, it's happening now. And there will come a time when God says enough. And that's it. The rapture happens, the church is pulled up, and you don't want to be here when that, that begins. You know, that, that evolutionists believe that we're formed out of, out of the goo. And that's, there's no scientific proof to prove that. That you come from nothing. You come from God because God spoke it. You come from God because God created it. The world was, was covered with, with water. Uh, the flood crushed and, and left fossil evidence as well. We see the compact of the, the, the flood that happens. One of the greatest things to look at is actually to look at the Grand Canyon. Or to look at the mountains. Every mountain has seashells on the top of it. Every one of them. They have, they have fossils on there from the ocean. And so when we look at Genesis chapter 7, verse 7, it says, So Noah was with his sons and his wife and his son's wife and went into the ark because of the waters of the flood. They're doing exactly what God commanded them to do. And I simply entitled this, The Lord Shut Them In. The Lord shut them in. Because that's what's going to happen is God's going to close the door. And as we look at that second judgment, God will close the door again. That'll be it. And we see that, that Noah, his, with his sons, his wife, and his son's wives went into the ark because of the waters of the flood. One family. Out of all those people. 
Remember we estimated that it was over over somewhere in the ballpark of five to six billion people. You have eight people that go into the ark. My, to me, whenever I think about that, it just reminds me of the narrow, the narrow road. Right? A lot of people on the wide path. In verse 8, it says, Of the clean animals and of the animals that are unclean, of the birds and of everything that creeps on the earth, two by two, they went into the ark. To Noah, male and female, as God has commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. And in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the sixth, uh, second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened up, and the rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And so we know at this point that this is the first time they've dealt with any type of rain. This will be the first time that they've had any kind of storms. And, and there is going to be the, the earth's crust beginning to break apart. And the flood waters coming from underneath as well as from above. And at this moment, when the animals begin to enter the ark, if you go to the ark um, in Kentucky... When the door closes, it goes dark because the clouds come in. And you begin to hear people, let me in. And that's all you hear. Women, children, men. As you're walking through the ark. To remind you that there are people on the other side that were going to die. Now they believe. Everything that Noah was trying to tell them for the 120 years, they didn't listen. In Psalm 104, verse 6 through 9, it says, You covered it with the deeps as with a garment, that the waters stood above the mountains. And yet you rebuke and they fled. At the voice of your thunder, they hastened away. They went up over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place which you found for them. You have set boundaries that they may not pass over, that they may not return to cover the earth. One of the things that you'll see is God's great power. And he establishes the boundaries of the oceans. In Genesis chapter 7, verse 13, it says, On the very same day, Noah, Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, uh, and Noah's wife and three wives of his sons with him entered the ark. They entered the ark. It's important for us to remember that our families, we probably all have people in our family that need Christ or that drifted away from Christ. But it's awesome to see that this family actually went into the ark. That they actually did what God told them to do. And Lord, what a what a wonderful world it would be if we had more families that stood for Christ and actually did what God was calling them to do. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7 it says, By faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, 
moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. I think that's important in that verse is, is he was warned of things not yet seen. Not yet seen. You're being warned of a, of a second judgment. It's not yet seen, but it's, it's in Scripture that it's coming. And so shouldn't there be a, 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 a fire lit up under us to, to share the gospel with people? To seek the lost? We're going to be talking about that this weekend. As we head back into Ephesians and in chapter 2, one of the things that we see is we see that, that the gospel's for everybody. And I want you to think about that just for a second, that the gospel's for everybody. That means somebody who's a white supremacist who comes to faith, the gospel's for him. And somebody who's in BLM, the gospel's for him. And they're to be welcomed into the church as one. And who can do that? Christ. Christ can. We hear the verse all the time that Jesus left the 99 to chase the one. Why did he leave the 99 by themselves? They were not by themselves. He seeks after the lost. And that should be us as well. But we should understand, like, if there is something that we have been warned of that we have not yet seen, you need to open up your heart and your eyes and pay attention and be ready. Because when I look at the things that are going on in this world, I think, man, I, probably a lot like Noah's time. We see it. In verse 14, it says, And they, and they every beast after its kind, all cattle after their kind, every creeping things, uh, creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its kind, and every bird after its kind, every bird after every sort. And they went into the ark to Noah, two by two, of all flesh, which is the breath of life. Now, people will get wrapped up. Did Noah go and pick up and grab all the animals? No, he had God. God's going to take care of that. And thank God, because I would not have touched the creepy things. I would have left those be. They could have went ahead and been gone in the flood. I don't know if any of y'all have ever been scared by a snake or something like that. Oh, Lord. They could have left those in the flood. But God allows these animals to come onto the ark. And they're for sacrifice. And for to populate the earth. And so they entered, and this is very important, and I'm not going to try to beat this up too much, but I want to make sure you get this. They entered male and female of all flesh. Okay? Male and female of all flesh. And, and it's important for us to understand, right now what's going on in our culture is, is we see an identity crisis with our kids. And unfortunately, most of it's being made by our teachers, our parents, and our government. And sadly, 
when we look at the 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 way that our our even our Christian faith is going, one of the things that we see is over 42% of evangelicals believe that that morality is based on what you feel, not the Word of God. That, that is a scary thing to think about that. That means what you feel in your heart, you're allowed to do it. And it's not the, it's not the unbeliever. It's the evangelicals. So why are we in the mess that we're in right now? Because we're too busy in our emotions and our feelings. Because my heart, I don't like that. And so I'm going to do this. Because my, I feel this way. So they support things that we're not supposed to be supporting. When we see that they entered male and female, it's a reminder to us that we do have an identity crisis that's happening in our, in our culture. And it goes directly against God's word. Not only did the Noah and his wife, his sons and his wives, right? They go in. It wasn't his son and his husband. It wasn't, okay, we need to repopulate the, the animals with male and male. It doesn't work that way. There's a purpose that God created a male and female. And, and I'm not, look, if, if you struggle with that or you have a, a kid that's struggling with that, the thing to remember is like, we can't go off of our feelings and emotions. We can't go off of what our heart is telling us because our heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. In Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10, it says, The heart is deceitfully above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Lord can. In verse 10, it says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every according to his, his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. I think, you know, at the end of the day, we do have to stand up and say, hey, this is wrong. As pastors, from the pulpit. But what happens is when we accept with our, our hearts, and even from the pulpit, we have this happening. We have pastors who are being led by their emotions and their feelings. And so they're adapting and allowing things to happen that go against the word of God. And look, if, if, if somebody's struggling with that, it's a, it's a real struggle. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not. It is. But they need a heart check. They need, to, they need to ask the Lord, I need help with this. I'm struggling with this. It's a reminder that like, like even, you know, as we look at even the evangelicals, the evangelicals are struggling with this. Morality is defined by God, by His Word. And, and so when we have, and, and, and this is where I struggle, is when we have teachers that are allowing, and I think the state of Washington just allowed, uh, if you're a parent, they don't have to tell you. They can change sex. They can start the, the gender transition without the parent even knowing. If you try to stop it, the child will be removed from your house. The law was passed in Washington. As parents, 
And as a grandparent, I'd pull my kids out of school. I'm serious. I raise my children. And it's my job to protect my grandkids. And so it, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I know that's, that's a harsh thing to look at it, but, like, I can't be led by my emotions and feelings. And, and I know that there, there are people that struggle with their identity. There's people that struggle with their sexuality. But evangelicals or, or Christians should be led by the Word of God. When we get away from the Word of God and we allow our emotions and feelings to, to guide us, we make decisions that are, are not good. And so every time I see this, and, and we've seen this quite a bit, all the way from Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis 7 about male and female. And then people will say, well, Jesus never addressed it. He did. In the book of Mark, he, he talked about marriage, and he talked about being created male and female. Marriage is for who? Male and female. Jesus went over all of that. And so judgment is coming if it's not already here. We have kids that are, are being are, are being put through surgeries already and being given medicines that's never been tested on for, for any of it. They're just like, here, let's try this. I think Victor Marks had posted they had a little kid that died at 18 because he bled out. I mean, they're just experimenting. And, the, and the, the medical field is making billions. It's a billion-dollar industry. And that's why we have to look at it. Like, the reality of it is it's not about you wanting to be what you want to be. It's about money. And that's why it's being pushed. For the first time in India, they had a, a transgender man on a magazine, on the cover of a magazine. Dressed and addressed for the first time because that's what America's pushing. I forget what country it was in Africa. They were like, we don't want your money because we're not. They were going to give them a certain amount of money, but they had to adapt and adopt LGBTQ and transgender rights for the country. And supposedly this is from an evangelical president. We're doing things. And when I look at what, what's happening, it's like we're... If we're not already being judged, judgment is coming. Like as a nation, we need to not. And th this goes back to, you know, even, even as we, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I may step on somebody's toes here. But when we go to vote, we vote based on God's word. We don't vote because of my emotions and my feelings. Well, that guy hurts my feelings. God's in control, but I think a lot of Christians stayed home this last election. We need to we, we need to change. I'm sorry. We cannot promote and push this stuff on our. What's the saddest part about this is we're pushing this on our kids at five and six and seven years old. And what do you do with a five and six seven year old? You actually create problems because if you start messing with their questioning their gender at that age what's going to happen their their minds are just developing 
Your mind is not fully developed, I think, until 20-something years old. But we need to, we need to remember, our, our, the thing that guides our life is the Word of God, right? It's the Word of God. And, and we need to remember that. Don't, don't get wrapped up in your emotions and feelings. And that goes either way. Because a lot of Christians got wrapped up in the, in the other stuff. Okay? It, it happens. We need to focus on the thing that God has called us to do. We stand up for what's wrong. If it goes against God's word, we have to say it. We have to. Especially you men of God. It's our job to protect our families. It's my job to make sure you're informed and that you know what the word of God says on it. We've gone over it just in these seven chapters, male and female, male and female, male and female. God created you the way that you are. Okay? But if you're struggling with some of that, then that's, it's time to, let's pray. Let's talk. Let's, 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 you know, let's, let's work this out. Let's talk this out. But get them to, to, to actually look at it practically from God's word, not from their emotions and feelings. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 